Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane, which, by the way, who is currently in Costa Rica, we just have to say, (laughs) all the way from Costa Rica. Hey, there we go. Um, (laughs) Let's go. We have a very special guest today, uh, Mac Flavel, which we are so excited to have on. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but yeah, Mac Flavel is the co-founder of Dapper Labs. Uh, creator of the concept for Crypto Kitties. He has his own NFT studio called Big Head Club. And so we're really going to dive into a lot here. I want to first start off with, you know, we got to talk about the OG stuff. I mean, you know, we just have to. But Mac, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am delightful. And thank you for making room for me. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, a lot of our listeners know that I got my start in Top Shot. I mean, my first NFTs were Crypto Kitties, but shortly after that, I got really into Top Shot. It was pretty early and uh just, you know, I was obsessed. I mean, still to this day, I'll buy I buy Top Shot moments. So, I'm a huge fan of Dapper Labs and uh, my boyfriend actually was was on Crypto Kitties, like the first week that it came out. So he was really into Crypto Kitties as well. So we talked about that a lot. But yeah, I'm just uh, curious on, you know, if you can kind of share those beginning days of, of Crypto Kitties when you guys first came out with them. And I mean, being the first ERC 721 token standard, like that's just crazy. Like, did you guys even realize you were creating something so revolutionary? First, we're going to start with your falsehoods because you have spoken non-truth. No. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. You can, you can correct me. You can correct me, please. Crypto Kitties is not a seven twenty-one. We launched Crypto Kitties like a couple days or weeks before the seven twenty-one standard was finally approved and uh, like imported into Ethereum, whatever the fancy nerd word for like making it official, accepted is. And so there's like one function call. That is table stakes for 721 NFT that CryptoKitties does not have. And therefore, every NFT that matters on this earth, I'm sorry, Solana, besides Top Shot is a 721, but not CryptoKitties and not the punks. Because I seen the punks and I was like, oh, I would, I, I would like to do that. I would like to make one of those. That we were we were in the middle of like crazy blockchain times, it's 2017. Knitting magazines, we're writing like blockchain articles. It was so crazy. The only thing that's ever been crazier was like NFTs in the last year. You know, peak NFT was super nutty. But before that, before anybody had ever said the word Web3 aloud, before a bunch of these people who call themselves vets showed up in this game, there was the really, really, really fucking nutty summer of 2017, the ICO heydays. And I saw CryptoPunks. And Roham had said to me, like, hey, man, you got to make the blockchain fun now. I was like, hey, man, 
blockchains for dickheads. And, you know, he's like, it's cute that you have an opinion, but we are going to build a multi-billion dollar business and this is the path to do it. Decentralization is a very big idea and we can change the world and make a fuck ton of money. Let's go. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, sounds like a pretty good plan, boss. And so he said, go make blockchain fun. And there's three things I always tell us about. There's two things. One, cats. Don't explain why you're using cats. Explain why you're not using cats. If you are making normal consumer applications, you are making things for muggles, people who don't give a fuck about your protocol, but you want them to like your shit, just put a cat on it. That's like, that's where you start. Step one. Step two, I've always wanted to build a gardening game. A game where you don't know what sound the birds are going to make to come visit your garden, but that depends on what bird you have, which depends on what color flower you have, depends on what seed you planted and watered. And I couldn't figure out how to make that, but that sounds a lot like the genetic algorithm of CryptoKitties. And then three, I've seen the CryptoPunks and I've seen a Wonder Woman CryptoPunk. And I went and figured out how to get some Ethereum so I could buy a Wonder Woman CryptoPunk for $35 and then proceeded to not tell anybody because I was embarrassed. But because I was just like, this is crazy. Like, I just spent $35 on a fucking JPEG. Don't ever tell nobody that. And then uh, Alan, who you might know, because Alan, so Alan, Alan and Jordan, God, all right, let's get into the old days. Alan and Jordan are amazing. Alan is like my age at this point, you know, 40-year-old dude. And Jordan is much younger. And they are two of the nicest human beings you've ever met in the world. And when we launched CryptoKitties, things like Rarity Tools or Rarity Snipers didn't exist. And so one of the coolest things that ever happened in CryptoKitties does not happen in the NFT ecosystem since then, which is a fucking travesty. And that is that people build tools for the projects that they love. The engineers and designers and product thinkers come through and are like, oh man, like you were close, but you missed. And so let's extend that. Let's build interoperability into this decentralized fucking project. And so... Like straight up right after we launched CryptoKitties, there was a bunch of Chrome extensions that were launched that you would install into your browser that would make using CryptoKitties better, like Rarity Calculators, because those didn't exist, because NFTs didn't really exist, and KittyCalc is one of them. And there's these two guys named Jordan and Alan, and they showed up on the internet, and they were really cool, and we really liked them, and we invited them to Vancouver one time, and they built this cool project together. They had this little thing. Alan was also working on kitty hats, which is fucking amazing. And um, they met for the first time in our offices. I think I think I was there. Like maybe they met at the hotel before they came to see me, but I feel like I was there the day that Alan and hey. uh, met. Wow. And Alan is the lead designer on Top Shot. Last I checked. He's the kindest fucking human being I've ever met. He also saved CryptoKitties, no word of lie. Like we almost borked that motherfucker and I gave him my phone number and he would call me like in the middle of the night on a Saturday one time. He's like, dude, you cannot release the cat that's coming up tomorrow. I was like, Alan, man, it's the middle of the night. I don't fucking care. And he's like, no, no, like shut up and do what I tell you. You cannot release this. Those two both understood CryptoKitties better than I ever did, to be clear. And uh, anyhow... Jordan went on, by the way, Jordan went and made doodles. Like Jordan went and took over CryptoKitties and made doodles and is now king of the goddamn world. Uh, and I salute him for all of that. That guy, that guy's my daddy. I look up to him so much. And uh, Alan, Alan, I just love so dearly. And we had a lot in common. Like we're the same age and we have kids that are about the same age. We're going through a lot of similar things. When he first came to the office, I don't know if he tells people this, but when he first came to the office, he brought me pictures that his kids drawn and colored of crypto kitties and it fucking oh. my heart. i put that shit on my desk for like two years 
But uh, I used to call Alan once every three months and be like, hey, man, is my CryptoPunk worth anything? He'd always be like, no, dude, <laughs> like, go away. You're not very good at NFTs. And then in January of 2021, he sent me an email out of nowhere. And he's like, uh, you should probably check out the price on your CryptoPunk. And that's what I did. And I was like, what the sweet fuck just happened? <laughs> and it was cool. You still have it? Yeah. You do. And it was as a superwoman. So it's a female that looks like Wonder like Woman, I guess. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Okay. She has a blue and white hair thing hair. like this. She has yellow earrings, okay. she has long black hair. She looks like an Amazonian princess, yeah. a beacon wow. of kindness and justice, and has an invisible airplane, which sucks. That's the worst part about Wonder Woman. And the last year that makes you tell the truth. How come you only bought one? Just because it was like it was so stupid. Because I just spent thirty five fucking dollars on a JPEG. That was the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever heard, man. Why did you buy one? That's like, that's, no, like imagine I came home from the store and was like, oh, I just spent all this money buying a poster for my wall of Batman. You'd be like, shut up, nerd. You're like, why didn't you buy two? Why the fuck would I buy two? That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, I was wrong. I didn't know, but like that was the frame of mind, the thinking at the time. You know, I like it. I like it. Yeah, and and just so our audience knows, uh, he's talking about Alan Falcon, who is co-creator of NBA Top Shot, and Jordan Castro, who also goes by Poopy. You guys probably yeah. know him by Poopy, who is the ah, founder of poopy. Doodles. Yeah, cool. yeah, <laughs> Actually, that's Poopy. Yeah, 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 Poopy. Which I, nobody knows his name is Jordan. Like I had a, I was like Jordan. That's his name. Like, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't just yeah. dox him or something, did I? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, no. It's okay. on his Twitter. It's okay. on his Twitter. Okay. Good. Okay. That, okay. That's how Je- that's it. That'd be funny if you did. That's how Jennifer got her doodle making a trade with him, right? That was yeah. Trade we we traded yeah. back when it was worth one ETH, so it worked out for me for sure. That's when I bought mine too. Here's the thing: I don't hey. really mint NFTs. Like this idea of fucking running through your Discord and acting like a fucking buffoon in order to earn a privilege to give you money doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's to not me. you. No, no. no. <laughs> I think that's fucked up. Uh, I mean, to each their own, but just like that's not my flavor of suck. Uh, but like the day after, I got my own flavors of suck to be clear. That's just not mine. I like chocolate, not cinnamon. And uh, but the day after they dropped, I was like, okay, I'm going to support my fucking friends by spending one goddamn ETH on this stupid doodle, but I'm going to because one, I love these guys, and two, that motherfucker looks like me. And, uh, you know, purple background, big blue head, da-da-da. And I was like, this is God's will, God's plan, you know, like Drake said. And so, yeah, that's why I got mine a long time ago. And then, yeah, they took off, and I'm super thrilled. But I've bought hundreds of NFTs in my life, and I've sold, I think, four. Might be five now, but, yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not very good at selling NFTs. I don't know how to make no money, no shit. I I also don't give a fuck. I buy them for the art. Here's the thing. NFT inside of shit. I don't give a fuck about the community or the utility. Uh, I care about the floor price if it's going up, I guess. Like, I'm not stupid, but generally speaking, I expect it's going to go to nothing, and I don't fucking care. And I don't care about your community, and I don't care about your utility. I like the art. I'm buying pretty pictures on the internet. I hope some artists get my money, and even if they don't, I got a pretty picture now, don't I? Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. Mic drop. Okay, so you were saying this past year was like super crazy for nfts like i mean yeah like you said i mean just years ago it's like there weren't all these projects coming out every single day like multiple projects and just chaotic craziness floors pumping to insane amounts of money 
Um, and now things have kind of calmed down. What's your take on how the market is is kind of looking in the next couple of years? Do you think we're entering a bear market? Do you think, oh, you know, I mean, it's just there's going to be cycles to it um, since you've been around for so long. Like, what's what's your take on on all that? No fucking idea. Don't really care. <laughs> People who are interesting are going to build good shit. People who are smart are going to buy good shit. And at some point, there's a very, very, very high probability the world will come back around again. And those who spent the time and energy in this will prosper. You plant those seeds, you get to eat the fruit. You don't plant the seeds, you don't eat the fruit. The examples of this are Poopy, it's Evan, it's Jimmy, there's a bunch of people. Like, to be totally candid, I stopped making NFTs. I walked away from NFTs for a while. And I ain't got nearly as much money as any of those fucking guys because they didn't walk away. They're smart or stupid, but they're dedicated. They love this shit in a real way. And they stuck around. And they learned the hard lessons in the dark times. Uh, here's the thing. At the like peak of CryptoKitties, there was tens of thousands of people who were using it. Not hundreds of thousands, not millions, tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, like I sound like a bit of an arrogant fuck, but for all intents and purposes, there wasn't people doing other NFT things. Like that was that was most of the story about NFTs was about CryptoKitties at that time. When it stopped being easy to make money on CryptoKitties, Axie Infinity hadn't exploded yet. It was out, but it hadn't exploded. And everything went to shit. The price of ETH went to $200, blah, 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 blah. Everybody looked away. The tide went out. And there was very, very few people who were left. I think that's happening now. I think that's happening again. And I think that's fine. Last time, I believe that the number of people who really cared about NFTs, call it like the middle of 2019 or something, was definitely numbered under a thousand. There was hundreds of people on this earth who cared. Uh, And I was not one of them, to be clear, but there was hundreds of people who cared. Those people are all, not all, for the most part, doing very, very well for themselves. And now we're going through this cycle again. You called it a cycle. I think you're probably right. History does not repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And in this time, as the water goes out, there will be the same percentage of total all-time users that retain. It's just that we've added a zero to that motherfucker. At the end of this, there's not going to be 200 people who care about NFTs in the darkest days of this winter. There's going to be 2,000 people. And to be honest, that's a lot better than 200. It still ain't enough to like change the world in that time, but it's enough to hold on so that when the cycle comes back, those 2,000 people are very good at what they do. And then on the third or the fourth cycle, you hit critical mass. And at that point, even when the water goes out again, which it will again, there's so many people left that you've hit the tipping point, and then you're like, oh, shit, now we are some Netflix motherfuckers. That is how I imagine. But that's just a guess. I have no fucking idea. I'm going to just make some NFTs and hang out and try and make beautiful art and connect with good people and have a you know good time. I like that. Good perspective. Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. I, I was just wondering if you had a, a, a say in, in NBA Top Shot at all. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of says in NBA Top Shot. My first say in NBA Top Shot was going to New York with Katie and being like, listen, we just pushed $50 million in gross market volume, which is probably a lie, but it's a lie, I repeat. We just pushed $50 million in gross market volume through pink cartoon cats on the internet that did not exist three months ago. And you have LeBron James sitting on the fucking bench. What are you doing? And then being like, I don't know, but we're doing it with you. I was like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And Katie was my, like, Katie was my partner in crime. Katie's fucking amazing. We have absolutely nothing in common. 
There's nothing similar about us. And we are the best team in the world. We did such good work together. And I'd go into these pitches and just get like, start wiling out, just like get fucking nutty. And then when they would actually start to sort of like grip the table uncomfortably on the other side of the table, she'd be like, Mac, let me close this. And I would shut up and I would sit down and she would just like bring it home. It was just like fucking, oh, it was, it was magical. And so me and Katie went there. Now to be clear, it then took 18 months to close that contract, that, that deal. And I had nothing to do with that. I couldn't negotiate a contract to save my fucking life. I like the the red lines that go back and forth on that. Oh my god, it was awful. And and not what I'm cut out for. Roham very good at that. Alex was good at that. Our lawyers were good at that. Katie was awesome with that. But I tap out. That's not what you need me to do. I have my gifts, and I'm very very good with my gifts. But they're they're not negotiating the contract. So this uh, is Katie Tedman, by the way, head of partnerships at Dapper Labs. For those of you listening. You're really exactly. good at that, by the way. I, I needed to like just for context, you know. Uh, well, I do this a lot though, and I use these names, and nobody else ever actually does that very Says cool. Who they are. Yeah, no, and then and then uh, we worked on Top Shop for a long time, and um, I wasn't very closely involved with it at all, and that was, in my opinion, a problem. So I went to Roham at one point, and I was like, "Hey, man." This project has no vision, it has no future, and it's absolutely fucked if you don't put me in charge of it. So you have oh, to stop shoot. everything you're doing and put me in charge of Top Shot. And he looked at me, and he smiled, and then he laughed, and he said, no. <laughs> and he didn't. And I never got put in charge of Top Shot. And it's a fucking good thing that I didn't, because I don't think we would be... Like, I think yeah. we're all very happy that Top Shot did what Top Shot did. I certainly am. And it wouldn't have if I had been there. Like, some of my criticisms were valid, to be clear, but I was not the solution. Uh, I love the Top Shot team. I know like every single person who worked on it in the first year. I have cried with those people. I have bled with those people. But I didn't... I probably like... Well, I have a text message from somebody who was there at the beginning who was like, never forget it was your idea. But I don't even think that's actually fair. I think that there was a bunch of us who contributed to what made Top Shot Top Shot. And I was definitely one of those people you know, my job was to be the idea guy. So all of the ideas, that didn't mean they came from me, far from it, but I got to kiss them as they floated by on beautiful <laughs> balloons. And I probably kissed Top Shot. <laughs> there we go. Um, Roham, I think everyone knows Roham, but he's the CEO of NBA Top Shot and Dapper Labs. Yeah. So you don't work with that. You, you helped start Dapper Labs and Dapper Labs was where crypto like Dap, dapper labs did crypto kitties and then went into top shot and now obviously nfl all day and the in the ufc you falsehoods are, falsehoods crypto kitties happened first yeah. crypto kitties right. was so successful that we created dapper labs as a so you a went consultant. okay so crypto kitties was so successful dapper labs came out of it and you were like fuck let's go do the nba and you no, first I was like, I fucking love Highlander. Let's make a Highlander game about okay. immortals beheading each other. And then we couldn't get the license. And so then we made Cheese Wizards, the greatest blockchain hey. game nobody's ever heard of. And then... no, I'm, I'm a huge Cheese Wizards guy. I have a whole bunch. Really? No, no that's no, Cap. No, I'm like, no, no way. No, no. Dude, <laughs> no. Never heard of it. I'm yet? sorry. Never heard Shed of it. Shed a tear for that. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm going to go over here and feel sorry for myself. And then I was like, what do you want me to do now? And they were like, go fucking sell something. Go invent something. Go like do your fucking job. And they're like, go talk to the basketball people. And so then I was like, all right, let's go to New York. 
And then I went to New York. You said, hey, we, we want to, we, did you know it was going to be like video moments or were you just like, like that was the idea? No, you were like, we just want to work. With I you don't guys. remember. I don't remember what we said. I mean, to be honest, like Top Shot is not, not obvious. Like Top Shot is a fairly basic concept executed incredibly well. And sure. so I don't remember. I remember that we didn't, <laughs> I remember that we had a like white Google Docs presentation with no graphics and black aerial font. Like, we 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 thought we were pretty fucking cool, if I'm being honest. Mm. Uh, and so I don't remember like how much we had sorted out, but loosely like you get moments, you trade moments, people buy moments, you collect moments to make sets, and and you're basically it's all on the blockchain. This is what the future is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that and you're really, like really, yeah, and basically, hey, you guys can create money out of thin air. <laughs> we <well>, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I know nothing about that. No, no. Um, and then you've since spun off and created Big Head Club, which I would love to, uh, love to hear more about that because I actually remember, um, oh man, I feel like it was like a year ago. I was in some Twitter spaces and I think Scaly Nelson was like interviewing you or something. And I was like, th- that was my first exposure to Big Head Club. And, uh, and you guys helped with Stoner Cats, right? I remember that. We did. Um, yeah. So can you talk to us about Big Head Club? Like, just tell us a little general overview of it. Uh, Big Head Club makes strange and marvelous NFTs. It stands the test of time. We make NFTs. Sometimes we partner with, like, obscure artists that nobody's ever heard of. We did a thing with Veep. He's amazing. People heard of him. He made beautiful snow globe style NFTs. Just publishing his first work was the first thing we did. The last thing we've released is... Re- Publishing a collection and helping develop a collection from an artist named String Bean, who nobody has heard of today. But String I Bean, you love you that will. name. Go, go look at the String Bean Germinations collection, and someday you're gonna call me and you'll be like, "Fuck back." Googling uh, it now. Because when you know, you know. You don't know yet, mm. but you'll know. Uh, and in between, we've done some PFP stuff. So we did a Ghostbusters 10K PFP for the movie last November. And we did 10 vignettes that were super high quality and came out of that. Uh, I would call that a project in which we learned many lessons. That's how I would describe that project. Uh, before that, we did Oni Ronin, which is my favorite NFT in existence today. I could spend the next 15 minutes telling you exclusively about Oni Ronin. And before that, uh, yeah, me and my friend Mila did a thing called Stoner Cats. And yeah. that was a good time. Hey. Yeah, I'm on the website now. I see. I was just going to ask about Stoner Cats. It's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Did you just help put it out? Or are you part of the project with respect to moving forward and the animated series and all that? I couldn't make a cartoon to save my life at this point, but we run the Discord community. Okay. So Stoner Cats is a partnership between probably three organizations. They're what we call the creators, which are three lovely human beings named Sarah, Ash, and Chris. And they had the concept for Stoner Cats in the head for a very long time. Uh, and they spent a bunch of time trying to get it made. They're all very accomplished. Uh, Ash is a like co-director on Toy Story 2. Sarah worked on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Chris was on Space Jam 2, Happy Feet. Like They're so fucking legit in that industry. And they really wanted to make this thing, and they couldn't figure out how to get it done. They brought it to Orchard Farm, which is a woman named Lisa Sturbikov, who's a fucking fantastic human being and excellent operator, and also Mila's best friend. And they run Orchard Farm together. And so um, the creators brought it to Orchard Farm. Orchard Farm was trying to figure out what to do. 
NFTs are blowing up. They were like, Mila was like, Ashton, can we NFT this shit? And he was like, hmm? I don't know, but I know who you could ask. And so he said, call Maria and call Morgan. And so, oh, hold on. Let's do that thing that you do. Maria is a general partner at Sound Ventures. Uh, Morgan is the co-creator of Diem, the Facebook blockchain, and now a VC at mm, NEA. Not NEA. Fuck, I forget where she is. Uh, hey, you come on. You're supposed to. You're supposed to get this right. I know. I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> you know. I don't know. She's a VC. She like spends money on this shit. I'll be honest. We don't normally tell people this. She pitched Larry David on NFTs with me, and that woman is a fucking genius also i'll tell you this i she's she's like a young like younger than me incredibly accomplished career person and when we were working on this pitch together it was we had 24 hours it was like literally we're going to call larry david tomorrow and we are going to convince him to make nfts with us if we succeed and i told her this and she was a friend and she was like i'm sorry but you have to bring me this is jewish jesus like you get to fucking meet Larry David and talk to him about NFTs. And I was like, yeah, man, like I've seen that show once. He's funny, but I didn't really put him on the same pedestal that she did. And she's like, no, you got to bring me like, this is a, this is a big moment for me. I'm like, okay, sure. Let's go. You're very smart and you're very accomplished and you definitely have a seat at my table. And so then we worked on this pitch together and just like in Google docs, while you watch other people writing, editing, I've never seen anybody's mind work like that. It was so smart but so organized and so it's such a neat thing i understood then like why she's had the career she has but i still don't remember the name of the fucking firm she works for uh and anyhow ashton is friends with them and told lisa and mila to call them and then i was talking to mari a bunch because she was just she's cool she's sort of a friend and uh then she was like listen you should come help us do stoner cats because we could use the hand. And so I called them and I understood what they're trying to do. And I was like, yeah, man, this is pretty cool. We should try doing this. And that became our first project besides the Veet publishing the little art piece thing. Yeah. Well, that was a huge success. I remember when it dropped and I think the, the drop price was like 0.35. So it must've raised almost $10 million or even more. Right. It raised a lot raised of money. eight. eight okay. uh, yeah. There were some significant gas wars. I remember. Oh, I remember very well. I remember very well how that all went down. Yeah, there was Plus a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I became everybody in Ethereum's favorite person for the second time, mm. dude. When we melted the blockchain, so at CryptoGoodies Apex, twenty-five percent of all chain transactions were breeding or selling CryptoGoodies. Like we took over, and that's crazy. It was. It was crazy. It was fucking crazy. And um, people fucking hated me. People were really rude and really shitty. Oh, yeah, they were awful. Like, genuinely, genuinely, like, say terrible things about you awful. Uh, And it really bothered me for a while. And then I started to think it was funny. And I was whatever. Got over it. I got back into this game of StonerCast. Same thing happened again. It took me quite a while to get over it. People were really, really mean. When I'm having bad days, I know of certain places on the internet where people are really, really shitty about me. And I'll go look those up. I go like when I'm just like when I want to like pick off the scab of self-loathing that occasionally festers in my mind, I will go into these certain places where I know people just say like that I'm a scammer and I'm a piece of shit and I'm a liar and I'm a thief and I just fucking drink it sometimes. I don't know why I do that, but a couple times a year, 
That's crazy. That uh, cannot be healthy. What did you try and get Larry David to do? Uh, and that's top secret. You, you, you said you said you wanted a, you said you wanted some curveballs. You haven't talked yeah. about it yet. No, here's what I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you that um, the conversation of me trying to explain to Larry David what an NFT was should have been the NFT. First off, it should have just been a 30 minute video of yeah. Larry David. Like, imagine Larry David being the most Larry David he could ever be. I can imagine. And him and me. And then here's the other thing. Larry David's best friend is the guy who runs WME. I'm probably going to get in shit for saying this. And he uh, he's who Mr. Burns is based on. He looks like, you know, from The Simpsons? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So oh, he is shit. Mr. Burns. Wow. Larry David's best wow. friend is Mr. Burns. plot twist. So it was us trying to convince... <laughs> Mr. Fucking Burns and Larry David, yeah. and, and Jewish, Jewish Jesus, right? Jewish Jesus. Yeah, God, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that too, aren't I? I hope you're Jewish. Guys, I'm Jewish. It's, I'm Jewish. That. It's nobody fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, nobody leaked. That's not clear. Nobody leaked, guys. Nobody put it on TikTok. <laughs> People do this shit to me. I'm not kidding, man. People are like, uh, uh, that means you've made it. That's fine. That's fine. Well, so I have this interesting thing where like. You know, I know some very rich, beautiful, powerful, famous people. I, I have friends who you would put in that category. And when people are shitty to them on the internet, they care. And I'm like, what the fuck do you care? You made it. You're it. Like, all of us want to be you when we grow up. And the fucking plebes in the comments on YouTube think you look fat or some shit? Who gives a fuck? Does that guy know he's Mr. Burns? He must. <laughs> He must. He must. He, must. I he, knows, yeah. he knows now. Also, <laughs> he knows now. also, I understand why those people care. Having been on the receiving end of like strangers on the internet talking some funny trash, what kind of chief Keith is this giraffe pussy smoking? Oh God, I forget what it was. The I, yeah, I had some funny <laughs> tweets written about me where I was like, I, I'm not even cool enough to know actually what all those words mean. I can't even chain together the insultery here. But uh, to be honest, what was neat was three days after we did that one and uh, like Discord was going off. It was like, it was still three days later. People like, tell us more. Give us all our money back. Blah, blah, blah. Do this and do that. And Ashton called me. I was like, it's about to get messy. Like, I don't know what we're going to say next, but it's about to get really real. And he called me and he's like, Mac, it's really shitty that a bunch of people spent a bunch of money and didn't get no stoner cats. So we would like to distribute a million dollars from our own pocket. I'm like, but you didn't get that fucking money. The miners did. Don't give that money fucking back. And he was like, no, people bought stoner cats or tried to buy stoner cats. They were not able to. We want to do right by them. And I was like, well, good for you. Good for you. Nice. And so we did. And that was, and that was, and that was the thing. And that did exactly nothing to quell the shitlords of the internet. <laughs> and uh, and that's fine. Yeah. What? I, no, it's, it's all good. I was just going to say I remembered that happening, and that was a solid thing to do. So it's uh, whether yeah. whether you're people always going to have people that. complaining. Right. People absolutely appreciated that. You're always going to have people complaining anonymous typing on their keyboards like that's kind you know that's the keyboard the warriors are amazing i'm always like my yeah. name's mac i live in abbotsford uh right. i've never been fucking hidden about anything but go ahead ape face blue background right. you, dude you i know me. i know <laughs> abbotsford i never would have thought of it. i was a ticket broker for 17 years there's a concert venue there 
And I'm, it's like a little arena. I'm trying to remember what it was called. Phoenix, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, the, no, I, yeah. That's weird. It probably, that you know that. it probably changed names. Yeah, we used to buy because it wasn't on Ticketmaster. It's like they sell their tickets on an alternate site. And that's what we always used to go for because Ticketmaster was such a pain in the ass to use. So any any arena that was not on Ticketmaster was right in our wheelhouse. Can I? And there were like country country music. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, of course there was country music. Yeah. I worked security yeah. there and I sold okay. merch there. Uh, nice. You just said I'm a broker, or I was. A I was. I was. A, I was a ticket broker for 17 years before getting into NFTs. Does that mean scalper? Yeah, people. That's what people say. You can say that if you like. I mean, I, <laughs> I was man, a ticket man. scalper. Yeah, no, I was a t- yeah, yeah. Like I was a ticket scalper. Yeah, that's what I was. I mean, we would buy. We would sit around and buy. We had a whole group of people, and we would buy tickets as they went on sale. You know, yeah. Taylor Swift, whatever it is, yeah. and resell. I'd go see Taylor. Yeah, sure. I go. I would. I would even pay you your inflated prices to go see Taylor. Nice. To be honest, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So, Michael, you got any Taylor tickets? No, I don't have any. I don't do tickets oh, at all anymore. Shoot. Thankfully, thankfully, it. You know, tickets got completely shut down in the beginning of 2020 with the pandemic. So I. Uh-uh. It took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do, and when I found NFTs, I just I went all in because you know I had all the time. And you probably have some pretty informed perspectives on what the intersection of NFTs and tickets will or should look like. Very much, very much. There's actually one of the guys from Ticketmaster is going to be speaking at NFT NYC next week. And I was hoping to try and cross paths because I have lots of ideas for that. Like I was telling I was telling the guys that I used to work with in tickets, I said every ticket is going to be an NFT within the next few years uh, for many reasons. I'm going to call you after this. Okay. Oh, yeah, hit me up. Hit me up. We should chat because because mm-hmm. I I mean yeah for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Here's my last question. <laughs> oh, what's your favorite thing to do these days outside of NFT related stuff? I walk through my swamp and I trim the paths. <laughs> your swamp? What? I live in a swamp. Mm. Actually. Yeah. Like Shrek. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I have the coolest wife in the world. I have kind of adorable kids. I have a black dog that looks like donkey and I never leave my swamp. I just sit here cursing and farting all fucking day. So you are Shrek. Oh my God. Shrek is based off of you. Look, look, imagine I was green. Imagine I was green. Let's go. It's Shrek. I can see it. I'll tell you something. I'm not gonna name drop. One time I called. One time I called a friend of mine, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just like trimming paths in the swamp because, like I said, this is what I do." And she was like, "Is there gators in your swamp?" I was like, "Dude, I'm in Canada. Like, of course there's no fucking gators." And she's like, "Well, it's not a fucking swamp, is it?" And I was like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> I have I have a Pacific Northwest swamp. I have a I have a flowery swamp, and it is mm, it brings me joy. I live pretty much in the Everglades, Northwest Broward County, Florida. Beautiful, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have gators. Uh, they wouldn't be shocked to see a gator in, in, the, uh, in the lake in our backyard. Wouldn't be shocked at all. Okay. So let's do the, like, your wildlife is weird thing. Because that freaks me the fuck out. That sounds like some yeah, dinosaurs. It is weird. weird. And yeah, I yeah. never seen, like, casual gators. But I was at my friend's house for dinner last night. And from his office... Um, in the last month, he's seen a bear and her cubs three times, like walk up beside the house. Wow. Is that, is that like, are you like, that's fucking crazy? Wow. Or is that not that weird to you? Yeah, no, that would be, that's crazy. <laughs> that's I mean, we crazy. have like, 
we have like big iguanas. We'll have like a three foot iguana. We'll we'll stumble through our yard. That's like our I feel iguana. like I feel like your iguana is my raccoon and your crocodile yeah. is my bear. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Jenny from the Bears. block. Where do you live? Yeah, I live in Oregon, in und- uh, undisclosed city. I'm I guess I'm a lot more um uh what is the word um paranoid than you guys <laughs> about listen like, you're a woman on the internet like you should make choices that are good for you true <laughs> tragically that's the world we still live in yeah facts um all right well I know you have a tight schedule so we got to wrap this thing up but Thank you so much for coming on, Mac. Honestly, this was really fun. Um, yeah, it was. It was a really fun interview. And I, I'm sure this will come out on Father's Day, actually. So shout out to all the fathers listening to this episode. And your father as well. So happy Father's Day. Thank you. you and Michael. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Mac, any closing, closing thoughts before we uh, end this? Three things. One, go to onironan.io. O-N-I-R-O-N dot I-O and find the best NFT in the fucking game. Right there. I didn't give you the tirade. I could. Probably should have, but I didn't. That's okay. Two, thank you for having me. Again, I appreciate your time. Three, I hope we can all be kind to each other. That's my parting wishes. Love that. And with that, we're peacing out. Bye. Peace, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. Show